You're listening to the Dibbly Dobbly Podcast. Remember to like, share, comment, subscribe, and click the bell to make sure you get the latest episodes of the podcast. Be sure to like and share our Facebook page and follow us on Twitter and on Instagram. Hi, this is Sam Arthur from Costa Rica Cricket. I'm the president of the Costa Rica Cricket Federation, and you're listening to the Dibbly Dobbly Podcast. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Dibbly Dobbly Podcast. And on the podcast, we have started a new series on the podcast, looking at associate nations within cricket and how they are developing the game in their country. Many of us cricket fans know so much about the established cricketing countries and not enough on the associate nations who play cricket. So it would be nice to learn more about those associate countries and via the podcast, people can also learn more as well. For today's associate cricket series episode, we are discussing all things Costa Rica cricket. Joining me to discuss and talk all things Costa Rica cricket is the president of the Costa Rica Cricket Federation, Sam Arthur. Sam, welcome. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me here on the podcast. No worries, Sam. It's it's a pleasure to have you here and, and it's a pleasure to speak to you about all things Costa Rica cricket because a lot of people may not associate a country of Costa Rica uh, to be a part of the cricketing world, but they do have a cricket team. They do play cricket. And Sam will tell us more about that as we get into our chat today. So we're, I'm looking forward to it, Sam, and I'm sure people listening and watching to this episode will look forward to hearing what you have to say about Costa Rica cricket and learn more about what, what you're doing and the good work you're doing over there uh, with Costa Rican cricket. Um, but Sam, as I do with all my guests that I've interviewed on the podcast, I'd like to take them back to when they first got into cricket. And it's been very fascinating listening to people's memories on how they started to get into the game of cricket. Right. Uh, so, Sam, let's go back to the very beginning, growing up. I know that's a long time ago. Uh, what were your earliest memories of watching, playing and even going to the cricket? And who were some of the cricketing idols that you looked up to when you were growing up? Well, I started playing cricket, um, or at least learned the sport, when I was eight years old. And um, one of my cousins, I still always call him and I tell him the reason why I'm here in Costa Rica to, as, a, as a president of the Federation is because of you. I always <laughs> tell him that. And growing up, yeah, um, I have uh, had some very good cricketers as uh, idols, like Kapil Dave and Vivian Richards. Um, Brian Lara, Ravi Shastri, you know, these are the people that I was looking at. And obviously, um, Clap Lloyds, Gary Sobers, you know, one of the, the greats, obviously. Mm. And um, even when, when I played cricket, um, I played in the district level. I wasn't very much, um, I was more a bowler, but not very much into, not, uh, not the best cricketer. So never got beyond that. But uh, always had the passion, always liked to watch people play, always uh, was on there when there's a game. And um, uh, so that's all my school. In I grew up in India. So in India, we focus more on education rather than sports. So obviously, I slowly deviated from the sport. And when I, when I finished school and when I went to university, obviously, I was into... Um, I was not into uh, any sport because focusing more on studies, uh, but still was playing backyard cricket. Obviously, every time, every chance we get, we'll we'll do play backyard cricket. Now they call him 
Creole, <laughs> which is obviously very funny. Mm -hmm. And um, I came to Costa Rica about uh, 18 years ago. Um, my wife is Costa Rican, so that's why I'm, I came here. Yeah. And uh, when I came to Costa Rica, uh, one day I was at a, um, meeting a person at a bar. There was another stranger who came to me and he asked me if, you, if I was an Indian. I was like, yes, I am an Indian. And uh, he asked me, um, do you play cricket? I said, uh, I said, yes, I used to play cricket. And, and then the next question was, would you like to play cricket? I'm like, are you joking? <laughs> that, was my, that was my question to him. Like, are you joking? I'm like, no, I'm not joking. Would you like to play cricket? And I said, uh, yes. And so that's when we introduced ourselves, Mr. Philip. And, um, uh, and then he said, okay, this weekend we have, we're, having, we're going to play cricket uh, at this ground. Um, we're going to coordinate, uh, coordinate with you, and you just have to join us. I said, fine. And I said, I didn't have any. I don't have any gears because I never knew Costa Rica would have would play cricket, and yeah. I knew that I would have to play for a team. Hmm. And so all I had was some sweatpants and um, a white shirt. He said, just come with a white shirt. That's fine. So a white t-shirt and some black sweatpants, and just went there and we played. And there I saw two full teams playing cricket. I'm like, whoa, this is cool. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so from then on, my involvement in cricket started in Costa Rica. Back then, uh, my predecessor, who's, um, uh, who's an Englishman, and his name is Richard Ellingworth. He was the one, he's, a, uh, he's the one who actually reinitiated the sport in, in Costa Rica with because of his passion towards the sport and um, development started after he actually took over or it's not taking over actually he is the founder of basically the federation so and um, that's how he got me in he he asked me if I, if I would be interested in you know teaching crickets for some of the kids that are um, that are from that come from from a disadvantaged families and like I said, yeah, no problem. So that's where I started my development uh, career and um, uh, started teaching them. Uh, nine years later, one of the kids from that school turned out to be playing for the national team, and uh, that was that's both of us. We were proud about that. Yeah, and so slowly we uh, we. Uh, started expanding our development program yeah and um so it was two schools uh, earlier early days we had only two schools participating in the stanford Wharton championship but just for the youth uh tournament like for the youth now, under 19 and under 15 now we got about 50 teams participating um every year and so um on different categories so that's that's how we came through and um there were many challenges on the way <laughs> and uh but we overcame that thankfully and um here we are yeah absolutely um, um all that hard work and perseverance has paid off and here you are today um have you um 
inspired your children or, or kids to take up the sport of cricket? My oldest, he um, he used to play, um, not for any teams, but uh, he used to practice with me. And um, every time we we go, when I go to coach school, uh, he would come and he would play with them. Yeah. But then slowly he's like, uh, it's taking too long, you know. I'm like, yeah, I know, but you know, it's more for fun. <laughs> so <laughs> as he grew up, he became a teenager and um, uh, he had other interests. Now he's he's playing other sport, but he's still, if, if he sees a bat, he'll be happy to play. Yeah. The other one, uh, I have three children, two boys and a girl. And um, the other one, he's more interested in digital uh you know uh, all all kinds of games internet uh games on the internet and he's got his own yeah. friends i said why don't you play some digital cricket at least <laughs> and he's like ah oh, yeah i'll play but it's you know not very interesting as in shooting people I'm like yeah <laughs> <laughs> my my daughter for a while she was like very interested and then she also uh she also just gave up and then she was like more into um any temporary sports like in uh could be soccer or could be broom ball and so she's more into that and said but how about cricket but i don't have anybody to play cricket here i said there are people you can like yeah like <laughs> so yeah, um, probably haven't done a very good job inspiring my kids, but um, they all know what cricket is. They've all have uh, touched, uh, played with played cricket, and um, yeah, that's about it. <laughs> yeah, that's that's good to hear. That um, any particular cricketing memory that stands out for you in in your time of the game, whether it be as a as an administrator or as a as a player yourself, personal uh, memories from from the game that stick out for you. There are several memories. I mean, uh, one of the things is like when, uh, as I mentioned, when I mentioned about the kid that actually played for the national team. Um, that's that's my story. Like I always tell everyone because um, he comes from a very um, unfortunate uh, background because. Um, uh family some of the family members were involved in um involved in some unfortunate events uh he lost a brother and all that so he comes from a very um a, fam a background where it's not you know it's nothing to be proud about but then crick so when he started when i started with him um there was always a little bit of um conflict of interest when i teach him uh cricket and then he always wants to he always wanted to have attention and yeah. always wanted to be the first one to do a batting or bowling or whatever and if you don't give him the opportunity then he would just throw the bat and walk away yeah so we had several sessions talking with him and I think it's more, we were very patient and very, um, very encouraging. I think that might have changed um, his attitude, which later he admitted that um, uh, because he, he, do, he does remember 
when I told him this, and it's like, you know, it used to be like that, right? And like, I know, and I'm sorry. I said, that's okay. <laughs> it's we all we all come through that. He was he was like nine years old back then yeah. when this all happened. And then slowly as he grew, he matured. And um and he ended up being one of the uh, one of our good best bowlers in the, in the national team. And uh, Richard, my predecessor, he was like, we need to take him to for the Central American Championship in Panama. And um, I said, yeah, it's a good idea. Um, and so we all chipped in because here in 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 Costa Rica or other Central American co countries. Um, we have to find our own funds to actually travel to other countries to play. Yes. So I think Craig might have mentioned that. And so we we all chipped in and um, we took him along and he was one of the he was one of the biggest assets for us. First ball, like he was I think he bowled the ninth over or tenth over. First ball, it takes a wicket. You know, <laughs> there's nothing more uh exciting than having having a wicket in a first international tournament on your first ball wicket boom <laughs> so it was a it was a very emotional and fantastic moment so yeah that's that's my one of the biggest when you ask about memories or stories this is the first thing that comes into my mind yeah and um other than that yeah as a as a player um i've had uh, several occasions where you know there are like you got to go and play or you know you lose win you know and um, yeah it's um, it, it's it's quite a quite a journey that we've come through <laughs> yeah no, I, I can imagine mm -hmm. yeah cricket's a long journey it's it, a lifetime it. journey um, that you always continuing to to forge ahead um so it was interesting to hear that story about uh that player you coached and just as, a, as an example of what cricket can do yeah. uh, change people's lives who come from disadvantaged backgrounds and i've i've always heard that during this uh series speaking to associate countries sam is that they talk about changing people's lives from disadvantaged backgrounds who come from poverty family problems, issues, um, give them a sense of purpose and a sense of, um, you know, teaching them life skills um, yeah. and how to be good people. So that's a that's a fantastic story that you've shared with us. And I think many people can relate to that um, in their in their life in general, but also maybe in the sport of cricket as well. So you must be very proud of that. And I can sense from your voice you are very proud of that. And you I, should be. That's a, that's a wonderful thing to do. To change that person's life around it's uh, after all that tragedy is, is remarkable yeah. um and you know growing and developing the game in, in costa rica very passionate very driven um and you know wanting to develop and, and grow the sport is, is is fantastic um if you had to give any advice to anyone who is coming into cricket for the first time or wants to play cricket or be a part of cricket in any shape or form, what advice would you give them if they want to enter this great game of ours? Well, I think you have to be, you have to be really passionate about what you're doing. doesn't matter 
whatever any sport whatever sport you're taking for the first time mm-hmm. um i think the inspiration comes when you are in you're involved and um that's what motivates and there's the there's been many times that i could have given up but i didn't want to um because um sometimes we we say oh hey we're going to have a a cricket day we need to have at least like two teams at least 24 22 to 24 kids and probably there will be like about six kids that will show up yeah. the rest would leave and they go play soccer <laughs> um because on a way out we'll see like you're supposed to come and play cricket what are you doing there like oh they call this there was like no <laughs> but um but i think yeah it's um you have to be passionate about it and um uh motivate you got to be you yourself should be motivated in order to motivate yeah. the others yeah and that's like if you um like you mentioned alex that's what he's doing he doesn't know the sport but he's very passionate about it he's learning he's learning the sport he watches games live uh, on youtube and um anything that he can watch live he will be there and next day we will be chatting about it and it's like why did they do that and why did he bowl like that and uh, why didn't the umpire give him out okay so, <laughs> so we walk through it and um um yeah i think if if i have to tell someone to um like obviously we we have a lot of uh, new coaches and um my final advice would be first of all you need to be passionate about it. you need to love the sport once you learn it you need to love it that's how you will be able to teach others to love the sport yeah, yeah. i think that's fantastic advice yeah. yeah and that's really fantastic and just enjoy it have fun you know yeah that's, yeah that's absolutely. what it's all about yeah have fun enjoy it play with your friends and mates and you create memories for a long time correct um yeah so wonderful to hear that about your cricket journey in general and how you got to be in Costa Rica and how you ended up you know being the president of the federation and we'll talk about that more later in in this discussion as we pr- progress and uh, talking about all that other stuff um so good to hear a- about your cricketing journey and what uh you're doing in cricket which is fantastic um so sam i thought to start this interview on costa rica cricket i thought we let uh talk about the history of cricket in costa rica which you touched on a little bit yeah there um you can learn a lot about cricket from its history and the history of costa rica cricket when i was reading up about it is quite interesting mm. um how it came to be in this uh, small island uh, country in uh in the americas So Sam give us a brief overview if you may on the on the history of cricket in Costa Rica how it became to be um in in the country. Yeah, so cricket uh basically came into Costa Rica in the 1890s when um the uh, when the Jamaicans came into Costa Rica to uh, help with the uh, construction of the railroads and work in the banana farms. And um so it's it's mostly in the caribbean side and so when they came in obviously this they they brought in their culture 
uh, you can uh, everybody talks about the whole Caribbean culture when it comes to any sport, not just cricket. It's always a lot of music, always a lot of dancing, always a lot of um, you know family parties going on uh, while the game is also going on. So that's, that was that was the story. And uh, around 1940, 1935, there were about 45 teams playing cricket um, in the Caribbean side. So every town, um, if you go, if if at all you get a chance to come to Costa Rica, you should visit the Caribbean side, and uh, you'll see every town with, with good names. And every town used to have their own teams, and um, so there were about 45 teams playing the sport. And then later on, after the ethic, um, Richard used to mention that it's after the Second World War, there was a le- le- a less communication or less transport between Jamaica and um, the Caribbean and Costa Rica. And so that's when they were not able to bring in the equipment. And so they basically moved to other sports like basketball yeah. and uh, baseball. And But then there was... There was always one group or two, a few groups of people that were actually following and playing cricket. And um, in the, I think around the now seventies, when uh, when there were uh, some expatriates, they were here in Costa Rica, so they decided to uh, play cricket. And then they found out that there's actually there's also there used to be cricket um, in the Caribbean because there, were, there used to be a, a gentleman by name Lance Spence who from Jamaica he traveled to uh, the UK and he he played at a game and then that was on, on the newspapers everywhere in Jamaica and the UK so he was kind of famous right now we play the Lance Spence League in memory of him and so just to honor him obviously because he's one of the pillars of cricket in Costa Rica. And um, um, yeah, so around the 70s, um, they started playing between the Central Valley, which is San Jose, where which is the capital of Costa Rica. They used to travel to the Caribbean's, uh, Caribbean side. Well, we call them, I mean, the name of the city is Limon. And um, they used to play there. Most of the time it rained off because Limon is a place where it can rain any time. It can be very hot and dry, and all of a sudden it starts raining. So it's, it's just perfect weather not to play cricket, but yeah. still they played. So they would go play, and um, uh, uh, the Limon team comes to Central Mali and they play. And so the the um, the game they started playing, like that and um, they probably had about uh, four teams back then. And uh, slowly that went down because it was the same guys who played. And they got they got older. The kids were not very much interested in cricket. And back then we didn't have any school program, and so it was only the the t- kid would come only because the father tells him to come, not because the kid really wants to play cricket. <laughs> um, so that went about till the. 90s and then in the 2000s is when we started the development program when Richard did actually and uh, in 2006 when I came we did we started expanding the program 
And then I started going to Limon on a regular basis to the Caribbean side on a regular basis to um, uh, to coach in different schools. So yeah. that's how we expanded the uh, youth program. Yeah, it's quite fascinating listening to how cricket was developed in Costa Rica because I suppose it's the same in other cricketing countries around the world, uh, Sam. Uh, many of the cricketing nations are Commonwealth nations that were either, yeah. um, you know, when the British came and settled there and brought cricket with them. Um, and it's just a natural thing for those countries, whereas in Costa Rica, uh, about the Caribbean connection there, it's quite interesting yeah. to hear about that. They brought the game because, you know, the British were there in the, in the Caribbean mm -hmm. and then those countries... Uh, brought the game to Costa Rica and, and, and there you are playing cricket right now. Um, so fantastic to hear about how it all started, how it all came to be. Um, and I think a lot of people watching or listening would learn a lot from, from listening to you about the, the history of uh, cricketing in Costa Rica and it continues to grow and develop and um and uh, people are more accustomed with the game. So it's just fascinating listening uh, about that and about the history. And, and I'm sure me, more people like me and other people would yeah. read up more about it. And it's quite interesting um, if you take the time and effort to research it and read it. Because um, uh, I think that's the same with all associate countries. They all have a connection to cricket in their past. And, uh, and that's why they're playing the sport. So fantastic to hear you explain that for us so thank you for that sam yeah um i thought sam we now talk about the costa rica national cricket teams the the women's and the men's teams yeah. and it'll be good to gain your insights on the two teams and learn more about the achievements the players stories as you touched on earlier because some of the players come from very diverse backgrounds yeah as you shared with us just before so sam for those who may not know a lot about the Costa Rica women's and men's teams. Uh, can you tell us more about them and some of the players and their stories? Yes, absolutely. So um, Costa Rica, the national men's team always um, uh, consists of mostly uh, expats. And it could be from England or we had an Australian back then and then um, a few Indian players um and then a couple of the um uh, costa rican players from the caribbean side and so uh that's how uh, that's how we used to um i mean our team uh is consists of these the, 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 on the ratio of um expats versus uh two or three local players and later uh we tried to bring in more local players because that was one of our focuses that we say okay we need to say that we do have costa rican players in our team and um, we've been trying very hard to bring them in and every time they come i mean this, the coming weekend we're going to have a tournament the local landsman's tournament starts and we're going to have one team that is only costa ricans and the other three teams are like expats and so the idea is to actually bring them, expose them to what cricket is, 
because um, these these players they are good players. These Costa Ricans they are good players, but uh, cricket is something that you le- you don't learn from one day to another. You you actually um, um, you have to learn the uh, the techniques and yeah. you have to understand the strategy. And because we need to know why we're doing that, why we're putting a a, a, a peeler on the point, and why we're not putting one on the gully. <laughs> you know? So these are something that it only comes through practice. It, it's not like you can explain to them. I can put a map, and I can say, okay, this is where the players are, or peelers are going to be. And yep. I need to explain to them why am I putting those peelers on that spot. So that's why I wanted to bring them. The idea is because we want them to get more used to how the game is being played. And that way we can bring them more, um, uh, get them uh, selected into in the national team. Our national team, uh, we've traveled um, to Peru, we've traveled to, I'm, I'm sorry, Colombia. We've traveled to Colombia, we've traveled to uh, Mexico several times, Belize several times, Panama, and El Salvador. And um, so most of the times it's um, it's basically expats who are able to um, finance for themselves and um, travel. Um, the goal is to eventually bring in more Costa Ricans, find more funding because we want we don't want them we don't want to discourage them saying that hey okay you guys have to you know spend a lot of money traveling yeah. and traveling to go and play to places so we want to try to um raise funds uh find sponsors who can actually help us um bring in these players because that's what that's what i'm focused on and my like the the costa rica cricket board is focused on and I've already explained that to the players, the other players, and they're in total agreement with that. Um, and um, going forward, like um, we're going to try to do our best to have um, more Costa Ricans play in the national team. And as far as the uh, women, um, so in 2015, we had a a women's um, workshop, women's cricket workshop. And um, we had uh, uh, Miss Marjorie come from Trinidad and she gave the whole course and um, we had a few, I think we had about 35 um, participants, all girls and women. And then in 2016, we had um, Miss Anne Brown John have you heard of her? <laughs> sure, should. <sure. laughs> uh, and Brown John, because she was uh, Richard's friend. And um, that's when they actually, West Indies, won the um, uh, World Cup, Women's World Cup in India. And yeah. after the game, she, she was the coach back then. And she she said, OK, I'm, go- I'm going on a vacation. And so, so Richard said, can you come to Costa Rica just for three days? And she mm-hmm. said, yes, absolutely. And so she came. We had about 27 school teachers actually participate. And then right then we started the the cricket program for girls and women. And um, we had the opportunity to send a couple of our girls to uh, Trinidad for the um, for a, a local tournament there. And then also for the Americas tournament 
um, in the US. So this this is where the national the I would say this is where it all started when it comes to the national team. And so inspiration and the girls they thought, oh really? So we can play against other teams. And so that's how we um, we encouraged them. Um, we used to have two teams, uh, local teams, and now we have about uh, four local teams that participated last year. And then we're going to have a selection process for the national team. The girls um, have already played two uh, T20Is in two different countries, one in Costa Rica against Belize and one in Mexico against Mexico. And um, now uh, we're, we're hoping to have at least three teams participate in the Central American Championship. And um, these these girls will have a very good team for the yeah. tournament. Yeah, absolutely. It's good to hear your insights about how both the women's and the men's teams are, are developing and going about things. They've only played a, a handful of T20s to combine. Yeah. So if the goal is to play more against other countries, especially around with your neighbours, uh, Mexico, et cetera, those mm. other countries, you want to play more against them and branch out to, to other associate countries yeah. in the future? Is that, that, is that the plan? That is the plan. And uh, I, I forgot to mention that we also had uh, an under-19 international mm. tournament where Panama, um, El Salvador, and Costa Rica participated here in, in Costa Rica. And that was two times and. So those play those uh, kids that are actually growing up are coming into the um, senior team. They are actually getting involved in the senior team, and um, that's where I'm focused on <laughs> trying to bring them to play for the national team. Yeah, that's right. Have proud, um, be proud about representing Costa Rica, playing for your country, uh, which is fantastic, and that should be the goal for any athletes or cricketer that plays to represent their country um in terms of tournaments you know t20 world cups etc 50 over world cups um are there any plans to reach those particular type of tournaments in in the near or not the near future but in the long term are there any plans in place for that in terms of wanting to be on a participate in a global tournament now with the T20 World Cup being extended, is that one of the plans for for you as a as a cricket organization for Costa Rica to to go into a tournament like a T20 World Cup, given that it's expanded? Right. So uh, getting to that point, like now our focus is on um, now that uh, cricket is um, included in the Olympics. So now we know that um, it's easy for us to actually get. Uh, yeah. get into the Olympics than playing into a um, um, 50 or World Cup, you know? And so our, if you, if we, we have them in different processes, like, okay, the next five years, this is what we're going to be focusing on. Obviously, T20Is, we, we would be, we, I mean, will we continue to play T20Is? And just around the, um, uh, around the region when it comes to Central America, South America, because um, it's easier for us to travel in the Americas region than yeah. going outside. And 
also it also depends on how much funding we have and how much sponsors we are able to get yeah. um, otherwise it'll end up having you know expats who've been qualified to play for the national team yeah. uh putting in money and going but that's not what i'm really focusing on <laughs> i'm focusing on actually having local players play and the the goal is to actually participate on the t20 at least on the qualifiers t20i qualifiers and eventually get to 50. i mean here in costa rica i think we played a 40 over um i think that's very seldom rarely we we play that but it's mostly 25 30 30 or 35 hours is the max that we yeah. play on a regular basis but yeah. um well uh, i would really have to i mean i would re really like to have a team that plays a 50 or match but um, right now that's not going to be possible one reason is that we don't have a ground we don't have a yeah. uh, we don't have the facilities for that high performance is a, a key role plays a key role in that and you need to have um paid players who are actually focusing on the game rather than coming and playing just as a part-time player yes. when it comes to 50 overs but 20 overs is fine i mean we 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 could have players come on a regular basis and um um have them play i mean even with 20 overs i mean it, it's it's a big challenge when it comes to the women's team yeah and um but yeah we are encouraging them we're telling them that's the format i mean maybe in olympics it's going to be teaching i don't know uh, but um, uh, but T twenty I is what we need to focus on, and um, we need to work to see how we can improve the game. Yeah, and, absolutely. Um, have you noticed improvement by the both both the women's and the men's teams over the years? Have have they gotten better and better year by year, playing more, getting more experience? Are they getting better? Obviously, still room for improvement, of course. But have you noticed that gradual increase in improvement over the years yes uh like you said there's room for improvement and um uh they've come a long way and there could be a lot more that can be done to improve the uh, improve their performance and um it has improved but i would like to see more you know when you when you're like there trying to lead it lead a whole team you want to see more improvement than just just going gradually right so yeah it's obviously it's time uh, it, it needs a lot of time a lot of patience and um, we need to find out like bring in coaches uh different coaches for batting bowling fielding and in general you know and that's what we lack and um we're trying to work on that. Um, being, uh, I've, I've spoken to my colleagues, and when it comes to the uh, the board, I told them, "See, we have, we need to go a, a step further. We need to bring in someone who can actually, someone from a cricket playing nation, and who can actually work with these girls and gents, and um, so we can actually improve the game much." faster than what's happening right now yeah absolutely absolutely it's a gradual process isn't it it is it is yeah. it is um 
It is, but uh, the challenges are like uh, we are with limited resources when it yes. comes to coaching, yeah. right? So my my co I'm I'm a level one coach, and um, I can coach kids. I can coach the youth. I can even coach the national team. But when it comes to high performance and uh, specific yeah. areas, um, I would like to have someone uh, with more experience who's actually worked on those areas um, come and help us with that. You know? <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and we'll talk about that a bit when we talk about the growth and development. You've yeah. touched on a little bit of that there. Um, in terms of the, the teams, um, give us a bit of an age range uh, you know from you know like the teams both for the women's and the men's what's the average age or the age range of both teams just give us a bit of an idea on some of the, the age demographics there the age um age range for the men's team would be around 35 like approximately at an average 35 yeah. and the girls would be about 30. yeah yeah so Thanks to those young kids that actually come, yeah. they balance yeah. the age. <laughs> well, there's a lot of older senior players that have played for there the are. Yeah. yeah. So, as you said, you want to see the more younger yeah. players coming through. And uh, are you, um, you know, giving games to to younger players who maybe, you know, like 19 or 20 year olds in the national side? Give them a chance to develop and experience what's it like playing at that level. That's what we're doing this year, not in the yeah. national team, but on the national tournaments. They're yeah. going to be part, they're going to be um, playing along with the other senior players. For instance, last year we had about um, uh, 13 youth teams, which are under 19, that played, and they would like to, they wanted to come and play with the senior players. Yeah. So that was a bright idea. And um, so they, this year, we're going to have two different series. One is the Landsman's, obviously, and then we'll have the Promotional Cup, which is basically for all Costa Rican players. And that's where these um, youth would come and join the senior players and form teams. So, yeah, but we are. You, you just nailed it. I mean, yeah, but that's that's exactly what, where we're going, heading to. Yeah, absolutely. And, and do... Um... You know the under nineteen teams um, train with the senior team um, at training. Do they come yes. together and yeah, that's good. Yeah, they do. Good. Yeah, not, not more in the uh, Central Valley, but uh, yeah. in the Caribbean side, there are, we have yeah. at least two um, senior teams that are actually coaching along with the youth. Yeah, well, that's very good. Just to share that knowledge and. You know, yeah. get them involved in the environment, and when they do eventually play for the senior team, they know what to do and yeah. and all that stuff as well. Um, obviously, we, you've mentioned some expats that are a part of the team as well. Mm. Um, I wanted to ask about language problems and barriers there, because uh, I'm guessing English is not spoken that highly in Costa Rica. It's more Spanish, if I'm not mistaken. That's yeah. Spoken. Yes, Spanish and the local slang and the local dialect. Yes, dialect. Uh, yeah, yes. Yeah, so, um, so just talk us through about you know how how they communicate and how they go about you know with all that um, because I'm guessing you know different languages, different regions have different dialects, and that's a 
it's just an interesting question that I wanted to, to pose to you because I spoke to that about uh, with Kendall Fleming, the captain of the men's team from Japan. He spoke about that some of the players speak English and Japanese. So I was just yeah. wondering what's the case in Costa Rica in terms of the language? So Costa Rica, like with these, uh, with the youth and the women, it's basically Spanish. And um, when I started coaching the kids, I had a lot of, I was struggling a lot um, because mm. I didn't, my Spanish was very limited back then. Yep. And, um, but now thankfully we have uh, a few young coaches who are Costa Ricans and um, uh, they speak the language. Now, when it comes to expats, um, then there some of them help with the development work, but uh, they're not much. They're not very much involved in development work. But sometimes, let's say, for instance, when I go to some places, I would ask if there are any volunteers who would like to join me and help coaching, and there will be guys who would come. Yeah. And uh, yes, obviously, the communication is a um, there's a little bit of challenge when it comes to communication. But then they do manage because there's uh, cricket has a lot of action. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. so uh, but I managed back then when I my Spanish was limited, and yeah. uh, they're doing the same. But then, obviously, the the uh, end goal is to uh, by the end of the session, you want to know what the kid has learned, and the yeah. result comes out well. So, yes. And I guess that's the same for all countries around the world, associate countries, the language barriers. Of yeah. If you get someone in from the outside who speaks English, trying to coach someone who's from a particular country, you don't understand the dialect or the language, it's often hard to get the message across. So okay. you, have to, you have to try and work around with that. So that was good to hear that. Um, just to finish off about the, the national teams, uh, you've already outlined some of the goals and ambitions. Um, you know, do you see the teams becoming more competitive and um, against other nations in the near future? Do you see them more uh, experienced in being competitive um, and playing some good cricket? So what are your predictions for the teams going into the future? What do you want to see from both the women's and the men's teams going forward in terms of how they play their cricket, but also how they go about other things within the game as well? Well, <laughs> that's, that's a very interesting question because, I mean, I spoke to the teams, both men and women. I said, I know, uh, I know the struggles because we've all been there. Yeah. And, uh, but then we're going to find ways to improve um, our, our skills and um, we've got to work hard. So my, I told them within one, two years, let's say let's let's um, let's put a pin on two years and say, okay, in two years this is what I'm gonna do. We're gonna beat this team. We're gonna beat this team, and um, we, we're gonna be much more competitive than we are right now. It's not that we are not competitive now, but gonna get better. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so I I just I just laid the foundation i said okay they'll give you two years and want to see where you are in two years because this this is not just two years we started back in 2018 for the women and uh, the men been playing since 2005 international tournaments and so we've 
again with the men we've come a long way through and um one of our best performance would have been in uh, when we went to colombia uh, out of eight teams we came up at the third and um that was that was something we surprised a lot of a lot of teams um yeah. and uh that was that was good back then <laughs> yeah yeah no that's that's fantastic um obviously it's a slow build but um Win-loss records. Both teams, they're in the early stages yeah. of their twenty national careers for both teams, but they will get better over time. But it's not about the numbers or the stats right now. It's all about the how how they improve and how they get better and develop. It's the crucial, important thing at the moment, as you touched on there, Sam. So okay. you know, forget about the stats. Forget about the numbers. Forget about you know, if you get bowled out cheaply or mm. you know get beaten. By a big margin, it's all about just playing, getting that experience, and getting better, which will put you in good stead going long term, and um, you know you'll be a better team because of it. And obviously, with more co- coaching and funding, as we'll talk about, and and, and facilities, obviously, See, yeah. that's, that was the that's the main thing, like uh, funding, coaching, but the facilities is the main thing. So, for instance, when we we cannot practice at a park. Right, mm. because we got the public around, and so we cannot practice much on a on a football pitch, on a soccer pitch because the pitch is not not uh, even, and so the ball can come straight, the ball can go in a different curve. So it's so there's no consistency there. Mm. So facility is one of the biggest challenges that we are facing, and I mean, not having a facility, and. Um, so that's what uh, that's something that we are all focused on trying to find a, a place um, like which is dedicated for cricket where everyone can come and practice improve their skills and in case if we have a coaching session bring in a coach at the facility and teach them yeah yeah absolutely and, and i think everyone wishes the teams well and we'll be following closely on how the teams progress um, in the years to come and, and see what they can do. Um, so exciting times ahead. The future is bright and you're optimistic, Sam, you're, and uh, you're wanting the teams to do better, which is great. Um, and I think that's very important to, to have an open mind and and uh, be realistic at the same time and say, yes, okay. it's going to be a slow build, but we're going to get there and we're going to be competitive and we're going to play some good cricket and challenge some countries around yeah. the world. Yeah. So that's fantastic to to hear that from you, Sam, about the insights about the the women's and the men's teams from Costa Rica. So good stuff, and we wish them all the best uh, going yeah. into the future. Thank you, absolutely. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think that's what you want from all associate countries, actually. Right. Uh, right. To, to get better and and uh, develop and be yeah. competitive. So that's the thing, right? Like when you you just you just mentioned that. I mean, because we all talk. Um, the uh, when I talk to Ben Ben Owens from Mexico, or when I talk to Ishmael Patel from uh, Panama, or when I talk to Dr. Roy from uh, Belize, this is what we are we're discussing. I mean, yes, we want to be competitive uh, against each other, but we're working together, you know, to yeah, see how we can improve the game as yeah. a region because yeah. a, a win for them is a win for us. A win for yeah. us is a win for them. Yeah, so that's right. as, as, a, as a region, so. <laughs> yeah, 
No, that's that's absolutely true. Mm-hmm. You're helping each other out and for the common good, which is yeah. um, helping each other out and growing the game in, in the region, but also in your own country. So yeah. I, I couldn't agree more with that. It's fantastic. Um, I thought we'd talk about uh, the growth and development of cricket in Costa Rica, Sam. I know you've already touched on that quite a few times during our chat today. And I thought we'd talk about it in greater depth right now um, in terms of getting cricket into local communities, clubs, schools, and grassroots, et cetera. And Sam, you would agree that this is one of the biggest challenges facing associate countries around the world is how do we introduce cricket and promote it? That's easier said than done in a country that cricket is so foreign in and not a lot of people know about the sport. So I'm sure as a cricket federation, you would ask yourself these questions. Yeah. Um, you know, how do you try and introduce cricket into the community? How do you establish grassroots cricket and clubs in local communities? Mm-hmm. You know, competitions, pathways, underage tournaments for young players to progress to the national side, as we've talked about. You know, even facilities, we've already talked about that. How, how do you have nets and grounds and turf wickets that are available to kids in remote areas in Costa Rica? And, you know, making cricket accessible for everyone, either it be on TV or streaming or to watch the national teams play or to have access to cricket facilities as well, making it accessible and getting cricket into schools as well, into their sporting programs so you can start from that base and then kids see it in schools and they say, oh, that's an interesting sport. I may take up cricket mm-hmm. uh, when they're in school and give them something to, to work to. So my question to you, Sam, is what challenges does the Costa Rica Cricket Federation have in trying to grow and develop cricket in uh, the Costa Rica community? And do you see cricket becoming a mainstream sport in Costa Rica? in the near future okay so before i go into the challenges i i need to explain uh, i need to give credit to those people that actually helped us um get into grassroots um like i said i've done grassroots but it's only very limited but then when we um, when we had people involved like um uh one of the uh credit goes to several people one of them is uh you know uh, miss trudy poiser which she used to be the uh, director of the um, director of education in one of the in the caribbean region and uh, we um when i was working with the kids in those um in the in those area we had a meeting and i explained to her like you know cricket we would like to introduce cricket in the schools and bring in um uh, have cricket as one of the sports that's being played in the schools and how can we do that and that's when she helped us she said yeah cricket i've heard about cricket my grandfather my father has they've played cricket they know cricket let's do it and so um she spoke to the the she spoke to the teachers in their region and they said okay physical education i know pe teachers there's going to be another sport and uh, this gentleman sam marx is going to be coming there is going to explain and um, let's have that as part of the sport and that's one of the uh, that's um, that's one of the areas we we started our grassroots programs and in, in schools and that that later converted into having um, cricket schools during the weekends so 
what happened um, when once we started there, eventually we, we went to the national level. So I was able to talk to the national director of um, education who was happy to help us out. And um, uh, through him, we were able to have about eight different workshops for the PE teachers, a, a five-day workshop and yeah. where we had about 200 uh, PE teachers participate in different regions. And then um, everybody got a certificate. Everybody, uh, they, 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 their time uh, during the workshop was all sanctioned by the, um, uh, by the Ministry of Education. And um, uh, they liked the idea of the sport, but not to all the 200 whether 200 of the um, professors or teachers, they were happy to introduce the sport in their schools. Some, yeah. most of them did, but it was just like, um, uh, you know, throwing seeds on rocks where they just mm. grow it and, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, um, but then some of them actually continued and we worked with those people that continued. We tried to reach out to the people that, that uh, were not interested, wanted to find out what would make them interested. We tried to work with them. And, um, and um, but those were the challenges. One is the, obviously, like the willingness of people who wanted to help out. Because as a federation, we, we don't have uh, development staff who could actually go to all these places and work with them. Yeah. We have a manager who actually um, reach, reaches out to all these teachers after the workshop uh, to follow up with them and see if there's anything we can help them out with. Um, we had uh, plastic uh, development kits, so we would provide them with kits and um, that they can actually use. And they've said, okay, let's have a competition during the end of the year. And so um, in 2000, um, 17, 2018, we had about um, 60 youth teams participate, all uh, modified cricket, but, you know, plastic kit and all. And, um, and then in 2019, so we were totally depending on the schools, right? In 2019, there was a teacher strike and uh, all our efforts went down. <laughs> and then now we started thinking, so what can we do to improve this? So what can we do to not de depend on, on school teachers? And then that's when we came up with the idea of working with the committees, the local district committees or the town committees, which is associated with the National Olympic Committee. Mm -hmm. And so when we started working with them, the, um, it was encouraged most of the time the directors were very happy to have us. They said, okay, yeah, we do have uh, one or two coaches. You can coach them, you can train them, uh, and um, they can teach cricket, and we'll be happy to help them out. And so that's what we, we did. In, the, in 2019, we started bringing in um, coaches from these committees and teach them cricket, have workshops and teach them cricket. Again, the challenges come when it comes to willingness about, uh, okay, it's a sport that I'm, I'm still learning. How am I going to teach the kids to, you know, be very competitive? Like, no, 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 don't worry about being competitive. You know, let's start as just playing. Let's start to understand the game. 
And uh, there are a lot of resources online. There are a lot of resources that you can learn. And um, uh, just go, hey, we are, we are open um, to answer any questions you have. We are, if you want us to come um, teach the kids once or twice, we're happy to do that. But we, want, we would like you to help us with that. And so that being said, uh, here we are in 2024. We're hoping to have about 12 committees, uh, 12 teams from 12 different committees participate in the national games as an, uh, as an exhibition game, uh, cricket as an ex exhibition game. So that's one of our biggest achievements. Again, the challenges comes to facilities and, uh, and coaches. So, um, so that's we're trying to work something out. We're trying to work out how we can improve. ICC has done a great job bringing in the digital um, uh, materials for coaching sessions, and then um, and then in the region we've had many other workshops where we can actually send coaches. So working on that to overcome that challenge. So once we have better coaches, we're hoping to see a better result. Yes, absolutely. That's um, obviously the biggest challenge is um, getting the right coaches and resources mm -hmm. to, um, you know, in, apply to certain players and teach them how the game works and the basics. Um, so it was good to hear about your thoughts on that and what you're going through in terms of those challenges. I just wanted to talk about the school program. I, I did hear one story from Jenny Thompson from her World Cricket Tour. She said she went to Costa Rica on a tour and she went to a sporting program or school program, which was on the side of a volcano, which, right. which I thought was a bit interesting. Tell us a bit, bit more about that, because it sounds pretty interesting on the side of a volcano, which is not where yeah. you want to be, I suppose. <laughs> so Costa Rica, we have about four volcanoes and mm. two of them are active and it's not like spewing a lot of flour yeah. or anything it's uh all of a sudden you'll have a big smoke and then it'll be it'll calm down and so the place where she went um it's a very beautiful place like very scenic right like if you're talking about costa rica being a paradise that'll be the place <laughs> and um so um one of the one of the coaches uh there uh, or one of the teachers um, who was um, who was a daughter um, of a player who used to play cricket with us a long time ago, about 20, 25 years ago. And she, because she knew the sport, she was like, um, when she heard about cricket in Costa Rica, she's like, yeah, my dad used to play. And then as a teacher, she just mentioned to the director, why don't we introduce cricket in the school? And then um, they reached out to us and we said, yeah, absolutely. And um, that's when we also work. Now, again, with our experiences with the school, we, we decided we'll work with the school, but also with the local committee, right? The committee, the sports committee. So that way we have a backup plan just in case the school says, oh, yeah, we're, we're, we're done with cricket. We don't yeah. want to continue. But we still have the kids that actually played cricket, but they have a place where they can actually go and play cricket. If the school says, oh, no, you well, we don't want to play, continue with cricket, they have a backup plan. So yeah. 
so we worked with the uh, local committee and then with everybody decided they said okay let's bring in cricket and so we started that last year um uh it's it's close to a volcano but it's not dangerous <laughs> so, and you probably might not even smell sulfur or anything that comes out of the volcano yeah. <laughs> okay, but it's it's just very it's beautiful and very scenic last year the girls came and they participated in the um, women's tournament um and they were all excited another biggest highlight was uh, some of the kids never came to central valley they've always been around there but um cricket gave them an opportunity to come over and yeah, um, yeah. so when jenny went i think that was that was one of our programs that we just started when jenny came and so alex took her there and like wanted to you know introduce yeah and so yeah no the girls were very very excited when they came and i asked them i asked them about jenny and they're like oh yeah 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 when is she coming back you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's fantastic. <laughs> fantastic to hear that. Um, and good to know that the volcano is not dangerous. So it's all right. So that's that's good. Good to know. Um, but fantastic. Fantastic. Uh, reaching all parts of Costa Rica. Yeah. Which is, yeah. Um, fantastic there. Um, I just wanted to ask about the staff um, that work with you on the Federation, the team, your team. Uh, can you tell us about the staff that work for the Federation uh, and the impact they have on promotion and growing the, the game in Costa Rica. Can you tell us about some of some of them and who are those people that are contributing to your mission and objectives in growing the sport? Right. So um, as a board, like most of us are cricketers, right? Yeah. Um, and we also had uh, once, um, we also had the um, regional director uh, beyond the we asked her if she could be on the board and yeah she's also on the board so she can give us ideas on how to reach out to um uh, to communities and um, um and, and schools and so um they um the vice president of the federation he is also coaching and also playing cricket and um also is the other members of the board but when it comes to stuff um we right now we have alex and then uh he's got two assistants uh steph and mandy and um, those two girls um they also started from the scratch steph steph uh, used to play um oh she still plays um softball and uh for the national team but uh, she had an interest for cricket and so she's like oh i would like to play cricket and i would like to um uh improve my skills and um now she is um finished a couple of the courses online and she's attended uh, our coaching session and umpiring session and um she, she's showing more interest so is wendy so what alex is the main guy when it comes to administration he would um reach out to people he would send out a notification and um um right now he's helping with uh, finding um sponsors and donors for the upcoming tournament and um he used to be a, he used to be a reporter so he's he's good at that he's good at reporting so if you go into our um social media like facebook or or uh, um twitter 
or um, uh, Instagram, you yeah, always always see pictures, beautiful pictures. Like he's he, he's got a skill for that, and I'm very happy to have him around. Yeah. We are very happy to have him around. And so, um, cricket-wise, he's he's about average, but when it comes to motivation, he's right there he would say yeah this is sport you know and he plays he plays for one of the teams and um, uh, every time he would ask me what why, why can i do you know how can i do this how can i'm like yeah sure and then we will have a coaching session while we're having a discussion <laughs> and yeah. uh, uh, no he's been very instrumental for the federation in communicating and in taking the sport around the country um and uh, Steph and Wendy helps them out because they are a little more, they, they play for the women's team and they are a little more skilled and um, also improving, obviously, and, you know, on a daily basis. And um, yeah, it's, it's fantastic to have them. Uh, I've, I've heard like uh, both Wendy and Stephanie, they do coaching sessions for work, coaching workshops for the teachers and, um, newcomers and they've been uh, doing a great job very well yeah that's fantastic to hear that there are some passionate people behind the scenes and <laughs> wanting to push the sport and and grow which is fantastic you need those people on on your side um i wanted to talk about a bit of a boring topic i think a subject of administration because <laughs> that's your job you're basically the president of the federation and you also go to conferences involving the ICC, which is the International Cricket Council, doing all that stuff, which many people won't know what actually happens behind the scenes. So you just tell us, give us a bit of a snapshot of, of you as a president. What do you do for those who, who don't know how it works behind the scenes and your involvement, you know, dealing with the ICC, et cetera, about all that associate cricket stuff and going to meetings, conferences, et cetera. So just... Give us a bit of a snapshot into your role, basically, and your and your um, dealings with the ICC. Yeah, I'm just itching to say I do everything, <laughs> but no, <laughs> it's not true. <laughs> so, um, yes, yeah, like um, as we are a small organization, a small federation, yeah. right? And um, there's, I do, uh, I do most of the communication with ICC. Um, I do most of the pitch prep <laughs> when there's a game. And they also call me to do umpiring because um, they would throw out, they would like let people know, okay, we're having a tournament, kids use tournament here. How many people can come and do some umpiring? Like there might be two and I might be the third. Yeah. And so, yeah, literally uh, I'm happy, to, I'm open to, um, doing anything and I'm happy to do uh, help out with uh, anything but the, my the, it's it's a, it's also a challenge because um uh I can't keep on you know eventually I can't keep on going on like that but yeah. um for me the biggest challenge is to find um volunteers and uh, people who would be able to give time um, it's not that there there are um there are any and they're not any, but um, people do want to. A lot of people help uh, help me a lot, uh, and um, uh, but it's still we would like to have more. 
and especially when the, when there's a big tournament like the Central American Championship, we'll need more staff. We'll need more people to help out. Um, yeah. And I basically stopped playing cricket. Well, I do play cricket, but like not in high level, not not on yeah. a. I said uh, my teammates. They asked me, "No, but you 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 have to play." I said, "No, my I'm focusing on something bigger than that because yeah. uh, um, I I would like to have more players. I would like to have more players who who are able to play for the national team than me playing, right? And um, that's what I'm focused on. And um, yeah, so." Uh, when it comes to administration, uh, we also work with the National Sports Authority, which we call them ECO there. Like, I don't know if you can see my shirt. So this is the National Sports Authority, and this is the Costa Rica cricket logo here. And I think there's ICC on the back. So, so there's communication that has to be done. And um, they obviously, they call us for meetings and um, uh, there should be a representative. Most of our people are like, okay, um, let us know if you if you're not willing to. I'm like, no, no it's, I, I can do it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so um, communications, meetings. Um, uh, obviously, we sit on uh, uh, when it comes to uh, having ideas or anything. But my. Uh, on everything most of the time or always we would have a board meeting i will let them know what's happening so that they're aware of what i'm what i'm doing not that i'm doing all by myself so yeah. <laughs> they're aware of what i'm doing and um uh, we work together that's that's the important part that i'm trying to maintain <laughs> yeah that's yeah. that relationship trying to the relationship yeah yeah that's very important uh do you feel like the icc in general from your perspective do you think they're doing enough to grow and develop associate countries do you think they can do more there's always room for improvement mm -hmm. um i don't want you i don't want to get you in trouble but <laughs> but from your perspective just from your point of view are they doing enough as a governing body to ensure that countries like costa rica other associate countries that are a part of the of the cricketing family do you think they're doing enough can they do more than they're already they doing can, they can always do more right they can always do more and um they've actually it's it's improved um uh when i started we had a different um, administration in the americas region and it was just transitioning to another the current one and um there was always challenges back then there was always issues with communication and um they, the the responses were not being i mean that the, the, they were not good um satisfying responses yeah and this i heard from my predecessor and obviously from the other um regions also but with the new administration, it's it has improved. But um, I always tell them, you know, uh, I live in a soccer playing nation, and I've seen what FIFA is, is doing to all these yeah. countries. And ICC is not far, right? Uh, it's like 
the last World Cup. You know, the, uh, everybody can make the numbers, and um, and obviously uh, the young the the countries that are on the low on ranking, not because um, they're not doing anything, it's just because there are a lot of resources and um, that can be done. And so there are challenges, but in general, uh, it has improved. And um, we are very happy with the current administration, the way we communicate. They're very helpful um, uh, and Obviously, there's a lot of room for improvement when it comes to how. Yeah. But the but, like I said, it's um, I'm very thankful for the people right now because, um, especially the development office, the regional development officer. He's uh, he's from Argentina, right? Yeah. And um, he's he's doing a lot, and the the rest of the team there, they're doing great. Well, it's good to know that it's uh, getting better and improving um, yeah. with the ICC and associate countries. Um, about the distribution model, when that's been released, what were your thoughts on that? When associate countries, in terms of their share of the of cricket's revenue as a, as a whole, um, were you disappointed? Were you not surprised at all? Um, did you think they could have? maybe given us more in terms of funding and, and distribution model uh, in the revenue. Uh, your thoughts on that? Very good question. <laughs> and um, no, but I would like, I would like the other regions to chip in when it comes to questions like this, because um, um, Costa Rica as a country um, and as what we've seen in the last couple of years, um, our biggest challenge is the, the funding resources. If, if we are not able to do certain things, it's because we don't have the resources to do it. Yeah. And if we could have, if we can, for instance, last year, uh, they had given us uh, an extra, um, thousand extra fee of five thousand dollars let's say right away we invested in having an umpiring session and we brought in uh, we brought in an umpire we had about um uh 22 uh, uh 22 participants and now we have uh, umpires who can actually help us with youth tournaments if we didn't have that five thousand yeah. dollars per se we could not have done that and I can I can tell them to go into the ICC's uh, application where you can actually go in and and learn, or even MCC's website and do uh, um, umpiring um, uh, an umpiring course on the MCC's website. It's not that all of them would want to do it or are willing to do it. Most of them, they open the app, they start working on it, and then they're engaged in other things. You know? Yeah. But here we had for three days, we had 22 people involved, all focused on what, what's happening. And now we have umpires who can do umpiring sessions. So obviously it helps a lot. And um, 
but I, I think eventually it will change. Like let's say for instance, 2025 would be a brighter, uh, there'll be a brighter future for us in 2025. Um, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's a tricky question and um, uh, could be better, but I'm not saying, I'm not going to say that, oh, we're not getting enough, you know, um, because I should be, I should, I should also thank the people who are working to help us out. So, yeah, no, that's understandable. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's just a question that many people ask mm -hmm. uh, recently yeah. because it's something that, you know, everyone discusses about at length. So it was good to hear your perspective on that from your point of view as an administrator of an associate country like Costa Rica. Um, obviously, uh, cricket in the Olympics and the T20 World Cup being expanded in 2024, and it's also in the region as well, in USA and the Caribbean. What does that mean for Costa Rica in terms of having the T20 World Cup near your region um, in the Caribbean, which is not far away, and having it in the States, in America, and also having the Olympics now including cricket? What would that mean for, for cricket in Costa Rica? That there are more opportunities, and mm. the uh, for our young cricketers, there's something to look forward to. Because uh, when we started, when like when I started in two thousand eight, uh, they would only look into something they they could play against another team, not teams. Yeah. There was only two teams, and then three teams, and now in two thousand. Uh, 15 when we had the under 19 tournament that uh, you know uh, that raised a lot of eyebrows and kids were like whoa so we can play international tournament i mean yeah one day i mean if they we've hosted them now we got to go and play there so we need to prepare you you know yeah. and now now that they're also going to be participating in the national games which is a pathway to the olympics because uh, for us, the national games is one one way to be recognized in the National Olympic Committee. Like we are associated with the National Olympic Committees, and they they've helped us a lot. They helped us with events, um, and this year they will be helping us with some funding also. Before they they would help us with um, uh, getting drinks for the kids and uh, some snacks for the kids. So the National Olympic Committee we work together, and they've been very helpful. Um, I'm very grateful to them. Um, and so the T T20I, uh, I would say not much impact, it'll, it'll impact, but, uh, the Olympic definitely is going to impact. There's going to be a big impact with the Olympic, uh, cricket involvement in, uh, inclusion in Olympics. Yeah, definitely. Cause we'll be on TV and yeah. obviously, uh, the government will put more money into knowing that cricket's a part of the Olympics, you know, everyone wants to be a part of the Olympics, every country mm -hmm. in all sports, if they can. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's the same answer that I get to many people when I ask them that question, Sam, it's a big impact on associate cricket more broadly, not so much for the full members, but more for the associate yeah. countries, getting that exposure and it's on TV and something to. Yeah. So why T20I is not going to be a, big impact for a country like Costa Rica is because, again, it's the TV rights. 
Yeah. We're only going to see highlights on YouTube. I mean, mm. kids, not me, but <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> and um, and and so it's so what what's the <laughs> what's the fun about it, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's in the region. Yeah, it's in the Caribbean and the United States, but um, it's not on our local ESPN or it's yeah. not on our local uh, Fox Sports or you know a local TV. Yeah. Uh, and so how are these kids going to be like i have a vpn where i can access live live matches a lot of my friends do a lot of our teammates do uh some of our women also have access to that but when it comes to youth to be able to engage them there must be something like because you it's visual is something very important yes unless yeah. um uh, once we had a once we had a 20 minute program on our local television next day there was a lot of responses that the kids were saying oh yeah we used to play that game you know we used to like they they somebody came and taught us that in our school hmm. and that's where it stopped <laughs> there's no continuity right so uh, i've been uh, i've i've written to espn star telling them hey can you at least um broadcast it once <laughs> like yeah. some some cricket in the latin america region and you know but um it never worked out but uh but let's see let's see how it comes but we're going to be uh we've already spoken among ourselves yep and um we're gonna try to um get people together whoever is interested and um uh have them watch the games and, yeah well uh, the t20 world cup but um yeah, i think it could it could we could do much more better than that absolutely yeah that's <laughs> that's the that's it that's a good point that you raise about um coverage and television and that um maybe the icc they have their own streaming broadcast yeah maybe they could do something um so yeah no nah, that's that's got to be critical in terms of getting people across the game and growing the sport especially i, I think it's, i think it's it's uh, it's a similar challenges with the other countries in Latin mm. America. it's it's because the the tv rights right yeah and um even even online for instance the matches that we watch on icc.tv um there is a restriction on costa rica like all there's costa mm. rica, if i go in and it, right away i get a message saying oh this this um is not allowed in your country or it's not yeah. <laughs> available in your country i'm like oh come on it's on a website <laughs> yeah it's it's an icc uh, event uh, yeah yeah, so yeah, I've heard that many people have said the the quality of it is not that great, can be improved. Absolutely. Yeah. So hopefully that can be something that ICC look look at going into the future. Um, yeah. In I, terms of that, um, well, West Indies have their their YouTube page that they sometimes they broadcast, but not international, like the local Caribbean mm. Premier League, the local tournaments or live telecast but when it comes to 
international tournament. Let's say, for instance, India is coming to play West Indies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's a whole different story. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, obviously, you've mentioned it before, but um, other people in the region. Do you speak to other countries in the region? Uh, get ideas, bounce back ideas from from those uh, presidents or head of the cricket boards in those countries that are near Costa Rica. Um, so just tell us about that cooperation uh, with those regions and countries. Yeah, we often do. Um, we have very good relationship with uh, the ones close to my neighbors, which is Mexico, mm. Panama, Belize. We often talk on a, well, at least once, once or twice a month on a regular yeah. basis. And then obviously Brazil and Argentina. Argentina yep. is uh, not much with the board, but um, we have people there. And then Peru, we have uh, friends we often talk. And then Chile. I don't know if you've spoken to anybody from Chile, but no, not uh, yet. Uh, yeah, uh, very, very, they, they have a different, uh, completely different idea of where they want to take cricket to. And they're big yeah. in beach cricket. So that's what they want to develop and uh they were giving me ideas on how to do that and we've been discussing about it having beach cricket in costa rica but i don't see it happening in the next at least one or two years but we eventually want to take it there we want to take it close to the towns and then bring it into the um, into the towns that are close to the beaches so uh, and obviously up uh from the caribbean yeah we have uh, on a regular basis, we have chats with um, Bahamas, Bermuda, um, Turks and Caicos, um, Canada in the north, um, USA not much, but um, uh, uh, we we are like in a, on a contact list, like we can always reach out to them. Yeah, and and so um, as. I feel like as we are like a small little community, <laughs> both north, uh, yeah. you know, North and South America and the Caribbean, we we uh, are open to discussion anytime, and um, uh, I don't. I, there has never been an issue. Um, there's always good communication, and obviously it, it gets we get closer when we meet at the conference, and then when we come back. We often have um, a monthly uh, call uh, in the region that actually also helps. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, it's, uh, it's good to hear that uh, cooperation and teamwork and you're all achieving a common goal, which is the same, and growing and developing the game in the region, but also in your own country. So it's fantastic to hear that cooperation and, and teamwork. Um, are you... Um, just before we move on, I one more question. Um, are you optimistic about uh, the growth and development of, of cricket in Costa Rica? Do you think it will achieve great things going absolutely. into the future? Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. We, um, we have greater dreams, <laughs> bigger dreams, mm. and um, uh, we want to... Uh, just not just not in the national level, but uh, we want to grow cricket in the region also yes. uh, as a region. And um, 
so yeah, I'm very optimistic. There are people are trying getting to know the sport here, and uh, we are reaching out to people who can help out um, when it comes to resources. And with our uh, performance in, in the in the last two years, I think when it comes to development ranking, I'm expecting a little better response from ICC. Yeah. And also the National Sports Authority, I cannot leave them back because they were the ones, at, at times, actually, the, the National Sports Authority, their funding is more than the ICC. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, no. um, and so, yeah, um, if we, like, like I said, we've been talking to everyone about what our challenges are and we made them to think and um, we want to see how they can help us out. Yeah, and, absolutely. And um, I am very optimistic. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I think you've got to be optimistic. Um, a lot of the associate countries I've spoken to, they've always said, we're optimistic, but we're also realistic at the same time. Yeah. Uh, but we will achieve our ambitions and goals and objectives. Yeah. So it was, it was great to hear you, uh, you speak about the growth and development, what you're doing there, the programs, all that stuff and uh what you do as the president of the federation as well so it was great to hear that sam and thank you for sharing that with us absolutely um we come to the end sam we've got one more topic to discuss in this interview i've thoroughly enjoyed it and i'm sure everyone listening and watching has enjoyed it as well uh learning more about costa rica cricket uh, i certainly i have after this uh this chat i'll certainly learn more about it but, Sam, I thought we'd talk about what the future holds for cricket in Costa Rica. I know it's very hard to predict the future. Mm -hmm. But my question to you, Sam, is how do you see Costa Rica cricket and associate cricket going into the future? If you had to look at a crystal ball, predict what the future will be like, how do you see Costa Rica cricket and associate cricket going into the, to the future and beyond? Your thoughts on that? So um, we are... Like I would say, we're still growing, mm. right? And um, for me, the grow—it's not like uh, we are in a we are in a country that where cricket is one of the main sports. Yeah, we have introduced cricket in the in the school programs, and so out of the forty-five sports that the school have, the school the PE teachers have to teach their kids, cricket is also one of them. Yeah. All right. And um, so we've we've gotten there, and uh, we've also gotten to where we um, where cricket is also being recognized as one of the games that has been uh, one of the sport that's been involved in national games. Um, we want to increase the number of teams and when it comes to uh, under nineteen women, uh, girls uh, under nineteen girls, and then under 19 boys and then women and men um, and uh, more focusing on the on getting more local players getting more involved like local players involved in cricket more also more into administration like because we have several associations and we want to increase the number of associations as we lay the seeds like that i think um in the not necessarily in the next two years, but in, at least in the next five years, we, we would have Costa Rica. Um, let's say out of the 96, 
we'll we'll be around the 55 <laughs> it comes to yeah absolutely um, yeah. yes that's being both optimistic and realistic right <laughs> yeah yes. no, absolutely understandable um how do you see the future of associate cricket how do you see that going no the- it's um it's actually looking bright um if if we go in this space if we go in this space and um uh, as we as we as you already know that brazil has actually gone from you know the uh, non-voting to an voting member yeah and in the region if we have about five voting members that itself is a big achievement yeah and 10 is a greater achievement so um i think that's that's where the future is for uh the soc cricket at least in the region yeah yeah more representation more yeah opportunities at Mm -hmm. level. so if you have to go to the to become a voting member like what i'm saying is uh, in terms Mm. of performance also yeah so uh, maybe in the next next t20i we'll have brazil argentina compete right and um uh, yes, obviously they should be. Uh, I'm hoping that they will increase the number of teams because I think there's already a talk about increasing the number of teams in the World Cup, both in T20Is and ODIs. So that is also um, giving a brighter future for associate cricket. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and hopefully that continues to to grow and develop. And it's interesting to hear your thoughts on the on the future of of Costa Rica cricket, but also associate cricket. Yeah, and the future is bright, but there are a lot of challenges ahead, and hopefully we can overcome those and make cricket a better sport than it is already, and grow and develop the game, and for everyone to enjoy, and yeah. celebrate the great game of of cricket as well. Well, Sam, thank you so much for for joining me for this Associate Cricket Series episode to discuss all things Costa Rica cricket. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. I've learned loads, um, and I think everyone listening and watching would feel the same sentiments and uh hoping the best for costa rica cricket and and looking forward to see what the what the teams can do uh both women's and men's um sam if people want to get in touch with you or the federation where can they do that where can they make those inquiries yeah they can reach out to us through um our website um costa rica cricket.org they can reach out to through uh, facebook and um uh twitter now x and um uh, through instagram they just need to drop a message and we'll be i mean we'll be reaching them out and if they want to reach out to me directly they can write to uh, s.arthur at costa rica cricket.org and uh, i'll be happy to uh, talk to them yeah yeah yeah, absolutely. Um, we will leave links to those in the description of this episode for everyone to access uh, those um, resources that Sam has uh, mentioned. Uh, before we go, remember to like, share, comment, subscribe, and click the bell to make sure you get latest episodes of the podcast. Be sure to like and share our Facebook page and follow us on Twitter and on Instagram. Also, the podcast is available on Anchor, Spotify, and on Apple Podcasts. Once again, thank you, Sam, for joining me today to discuss all things Costa Rica cricket. I hope all of you watching or listening to this Associate Cricket Series episode learned a lot about cricket in Costa Rica from Sam. Until next time, keep safe and bye for now.